recording. So again, I just want to thank everybody for being here this morning. We are missing a few and uh, it was good for the last two weeks to have us a guest speaker, uh, two guest speakers. Uh, did really good for me to sit back and to be fed uh, for myself as well. Uh, you know that I've even gone back and I've listened to them again and just uh, so much more the nuggets that that just continue to come out of that uh, but you know just like I told you last week you know for those that are here those that are online uh, they had no idea what I said but the reality is is, is I've just uh, we're going to move into a new series this week and this will cover us for the next several weeks uh, till, till the Lord says so the Lord's given me about four part, three or four parts so far so and if the Lord continues to add on to that then we're going to continue in it and if not then we're going to move right on into the next part of what God, God has for us uh, so if we could just for a moment you know just kind of just to think about uh, just the, the fellowship with the King when we begin to think about fellowship and what fellowship means you know and and we kind of think about what fellowship means to us is that we sat down at the table and we fellowshiped or we we just kind of sat around the bonfire and we fellowship and we kind of we, we've kind of got that imprint in our mind is that that that's what we're doing and is that fellowship has just been broken down is that we're talking to one another but according to scripture fellowship goes so much more deeper than that you know and and when i sat back and i began to pray about uh what was the next series that god had for me and i didn't even know until like last Sunday, what was the next series that we were going to move into? Now, I'll say that the Lord has placed a couple, uh, a couple weapons, a couple of artilleries or whatever you want to call it into my arsenal. But I just didn't know which one that we needed to draw from because God knows what season each and every one of us are in. God knows where the season is. Those that may be watching us online or via YouTube or maybe listening to us via podcast, podcast. God knows where you are and God knows where each one of us are. Uh, but I've come to the understanding and the realization that before I can bring a message that I've that this message has got to be hitting home for me. It's got to be something uh, that I'm dealing with. It's got to be something that the Lord's leading me through that the Lord's given me more of revelation on. So I want to talk about this for a moment, if we could, I say a moment, I mean, come on, we all know, we all know the realness of that already. So if you hear the dogs, if they're going off, don't worry about that. We're still in our home hosting service. And one day as the Lord sees fit and as the Lord continues to bless us, we'll, we'll have a building one day. We'll have a place that we gather. Uh, and those that may watch us online, if you don't have a home church or maybe if the Lord's leading you, come and be a part of us. We, we've got more room. And if we may need to move to two services on Sunday we'll move to two services on Sunday um, with the amount of people that we can get in here uh, but we can always bring more people in that, that's not a problem um, but what's important to me is that is that we that the Word of God has just become applicable and it's applied 
in our life because when we go back to Matthew 28, what was the great commission that Jesus gave his disciples before he ascended into the Father? Was he, he gave the message, he gave the commandment, he gave uh, the instructions to do what? To go and make disciples of all men. You know, and he didn't say, he said, well, you know, why don't you go and convert them to, to be a Christian? No, but he said he challenged them to go and for them to make disciples of men and women to make disciples and when you think about what a disciple is 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 a disciple is is also is become someone like me and not so much that they're a preacher but yet that they're a teacher that they can begin to teach others that they know how to pick up their bible and they know how to read the scripture they know how to study the scripture uh that they spend time in prayer and that they they can hear a revelation from God and God said that this was the last thing that Jesus gave us to do was to go and make disciples of all men so so that's what I take personally each and every week is that I'm giving you the very tools that you need to do what to build your relationship with God so that you can go and develop this into other people and and that's enough about uh, me about what I'm doing here so what I want to do is what's important here to me is to get on into scripture, uh, to get into this message. And so if, you, if you're taking notes or, or for those that may be even taking mental notes, our kind of our subtitle, we might not have a lot of subtitles for this series. It might just be part one, part two, part three. But, but the kind of what I want to talk about, the gist of this is what the meaning of fellowship is. What the meaning of fellowship is and within doing that I want to read I got quite a few sections of scripture that I want to read and we're going to begin reading you see how ironic is that how fellowship starts in the book of Genesis I mean where else would we really expect it to show up so Genesis chapter 1 we'll begin reading with verse 27 and, and as we read some of this, I, you know, I do have some underlining going on. Uh, and those that are watching this online, you may be reading this on your screen as well. So Genesis chapter 1, verses 27, it says, So God created human beings in His own image. In the image of God, He created them male and female. He created them. So now we're going to go to Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 through 10. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees in the garden. But the Lord God called to man and said to him, Where are you? Let's just stop and just pause for a minute. I just want to throw you out one of them free nuggets in there. Why would God ask them a question about where are you? Now, he, we know he's God, right? So, so does God not know where we are? So we got to realize that through Scripture and even in our life, when God asks us a question, it's not because he don't know the answer. He's bringing attention to something. He's bringing attention to something. So when we see in Scripture, when God asks a question, or just in our, just within our life, our communion with God, when God asks us a question, then He's trying to bring something to the realization here. Let's continue here. And like Brother Pastor Joseph said the other week, and that one was for free. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad he didn't coin that saying because I might start saying that uh, from here out. But <laughs> just to be a little facetious here. 
go back to verse 9 he said but the Lord God called the man and woman and said where are you and he said I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself so now we're going to go to Genesis chapter 5 verses 21 through 24 and we're going to begin to break all of this down once we get this passage of scripture here it says when Enoch was 65 years old he became the father of Methuselah. In case anybody doesn't know, Methuselah holds the record for being the oldest person to ever live. I think Methuselah was 969 years old. That's very old. But the reality is, is a lot of those ancestors, a lot of those from the very beginning of time, because Enoch was the seventh generation after Adam. So Adam was like his, you know, like Adam and Eve. Adam just simply means man. And Eve just means mother of all creation. So, so, so uh, Enoch was, was, his, was Adam's great, 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 great grandson. Mm -hmm. However many greats that is. Mm -hmm. But, but uh, you know, even Adam lived to be 900 and some years old. You know, and then his descendants were except for Abel. Now, Abel didn't live to be that old because he got killed by Cain. And we're going to get into that. So verse 22, and it said, After the birth of Methuselah, Enoch lived in close fellowship with God for another 300 years. And he had other sons and daughters. Verse 23, Enoch lived 365 years walking in close fellowship with God. Then one day he disappeared because God took him. So as we, as we have read a few verses from the beginning of Genesis, I want to point out some of the significant things that, that, we, that I've seen in my spirit while I was sitting in meditation yesterday. Uh, not just yesterday, but just the other night because I started working on this message uh, a couple nights ago. And so I, I, I have to work on my message when I get the opportunity. Uh, before, we, before we go any further, let's just pray. Let's just ask the Lord's blessings to be here so that I can step out and He can move in because I'm, I'm, I'm already beginning to feel the, a transition from being in the flesh to walking in the Spirit. So, so what I want to do is I want to be careful not to mix me in there for me not to be a part of this message other than to be his voice let us pray dear heavenly father lord we just thank you lord today lord for your love lord your mercy your kindness lord all that you have bestowed upon us lord lord that that we within ourselves are not worthy lord but because your blood was shed for us lord at calvary Lord, that we have become worthy, Lord, because we take up our cross, Lord, and we follow you. Lord, as we stand before, Lord, your people today, Lord, as we stand here, Lord, to host, Lord, your word, to host your presence, Lord, to host uh, uh, the very things, Lord, that would go forth today, Lord, and that would cause transformation, Lord, and transformation only comes, Lord, when we receive the revelation of it. So, Lord, today, Lord, uh, let me speak your word, Lord, with boldness, Lord. Let me speak the very words that you've laid on my heart, the very words that you have spoken to me in my spirit, the very words, Lord, that you have given me revelation, Lord, on. Lord, and that I would step to the side. Lord, and that you would speak through me. Lord, that you would use my lips to speak the very things that you desire, the very things, Lord, that is your heart, the very things, Lord, that would draw each and every one of us, Lord, closer to you. Lord, you know where each one of us, Lord, sit here this morning. 
Lord, and You know the words, Lord, that not may not always wanted to be heard, but Lord, the words that need to be heard. So Holy Spirit, we've invited You and we continue to invite You to come today. Lord, help us today, Lord, not to hear my voice, but to hear Your voice within inside of my voice. So Lord, I just thank You, I praise You, I glorify You, and I honor You in the name of Jesus Christ. You know, I, I, I go back and I just begin to think about as many times as I've stood behind a pulpit, as many times as I've read the Word of God, there's still a nervousness inside of me. And, and, and I take this the very serious that when it comes to presenting God's Word because I, 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 I want to be at the point and I, and I want to exercise the point that it's not about me, that it's not about uh, what I can do. It's not within my ability. Can I sit down and write a sermon? Yeah, man, I can sit down and write a sermon. But you know what? Unless God touches these words, they ain't nothing. They ain't nothing. So I don't ever want to do anything within my own ability. So And, and as I'm already just beginning to feel the Spirit of God as, as I transition from, from me to Him, not Him, but Him within me as He works Himself outwardly uh, to speak this word, if we could. So, uh, excuse me. So, so a few things that I, a few important significance that I want to point out here, and, and and we want to start it there with Genesis chapter one, verse twenty-seven, and it speaks about the creation of man and their establishment. So, so when we think about uh, Genesis chapter one, is you know it, it talked about here, and I'll read it to you again real fast. It says, "So God created human beings." in his own image and in the image of God he created them so when we just begin to think about that the very first thing that God did to us the very first thing that God called us to was what his image and his likeness that's what he called us to you know I made a post on Facebook yesterday and I kind of took a picture and I put it with it if you could imagine, and maybe we've all seen this to some point or another, but you take a mirror and what it's reflecting is exactly what it is. But what if it's reflecting something differently than what's there? I think I, I think I, there was a, a red apple and a green apple. You know, that there was a, a I don't, can't remember, there was a, a red apple on the table or a green apple on the table, but the mirror reflected a red apple. So what it was doing, it was reflecting something different than what was there. But see, the reality is, is that God's called us to His image and to His likeness. And He's talking about two legs and two arms and one head and two eyes. We may look exactly like God. I, I, we, we may. And I'm not here to deny that or to... Uh, to say that we actually do. But the thing is, is what's within inside of us is what He's created us to look like Him in. So, so when we don't reflect His image, when we don't reflect His likeness, then we got to ask ourselves the question, are we living a truth or are we living a lie? And that's something that only each one of us individually can answer on that. So the second thing that was within this image and this likeness, we can see in Genesis chapter 3. And when the Lord sat me down and began to show me some of these things, uh, it just kind of blew my mind. And, and I said, okay, God, I said, well, let, let's roll with this because, man, I'm, I'm hearing you on this. So Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 through 10, we can see that God 
was heard walking in the cool of the day. As we get back here, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Now, let, let's just be real here. How many times do you really hear people walking, you know? I mean, you, you might hear somebody, but if you're distracted, if you got something else going on, how can you really hear somebody? Let's just stop for a minute. Did you hear me walking? I mean, you might have heard a little something because you were paying attention, but the reality is that you didn't really hear me walking. But see, the depth of what this scripture is speaking here is so much more than what our eyes are seeing here. So what I want to do is, is I want to point out something to you. So, so, so what does this mean? How many would ask that question? I, I did. So I'm glad that you ask without asking. <laughs> but but so 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 the word walk in the Hebrew is from a verb that means to go walk straight ahead which refers in a reference to advancing. It is it commonly carries a basic idea of movement. While I was in meditation, I received a revelation of this word as mutual movement. Mutual movement. So, so the word to walk, when you, when you look up this word to walk, and then when you look up the word fellowship, they carry the same meaning. They're the exact same word because when you get to reading in some of your translations uh, like some that may read King James Version when you get to when you get uh, reading in Matthew uh, I'm sorry Genesis chapter 5 it, it said it said that 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 Enoch walked with God and he was no more but the but the translation that I read is that that he he walked in close fellowship with God. So they, they carry the same meaning, they carry the same weight. And again, that word uh, to uh, uh, walk or to fellowship means to, means to go or to walk ahead, which means in a reference to advance. So that means I'm not walking backwards. This isn't fellowship. This isn't fellowship walking backwards. Fellowship with God or the word fellowship is to move forward in an advancement. So if you took, you, I don't remember if we just remember that one, one foot in front of the other. Oh, that was that was a song. That was a Christmas. Uh, oh, what was that song from? Anyways, it was a Christmas show that I used to watch when I was a kid. But but that was, you put one foot in front of the other. And as we're walking with God, we're advancing forward. And, and that advancing forward is not just walking to God, but walking in hand with God, walking in tangent with God, that you've got the same purpose in mind. So, so here we go with fellowship with the King, is that, is that we have the same mindset that God has. And is that as we reflect... That, that the very first thing that God called us to was His image and His likeness. So as we are walking with Him, we are doing what? We are walking in His likeness and in His image. So hence we have fellowship with the King. So what we have here is we have mutual movement. 
mutual movement. We're doing the same thing at the same pace at the same time. And how many times have we gotten ahead of God? How many times have we fallen behind with what God's doing? We put both hands up on that because we're all guilty. I mean, do I pray for you now for lying because you didn't you didn't confess to it? I'm just kidding, kidding, but not kidding. So uh, LOL. <laughs> yeah, that's what we just did. We just laughed out loud. But when but when we're walking with God, when we're walking in fellowship with God. We are moving with mutual movement that my mind says is the same thing that God wants. It's the same thing that He has for me. It's the same thing that He wants to do what? Is that He wants us to reach out and to disciple people. So with my mindset here is that God's called me to start a church. God's called me to pastor a church. And so my mindset is to move mutually in the same arena to move forward in fellowship with God with what he's called me to do so the word or the phrase that we have here in Genesis chapter 3 was in the cool of the day is interpreted as this with or in the spirit with or in the spirit so if we could begin to translate what Adam and Eve had heard because it said that they heard God walking in the garden at the cool of the day right so 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 here's here's where we're gonna go somewhere we, I'm being a little academic here if we could so if, if we had to translate what this says here's what it says and they heard God walking in fellowship with the Holy Spirit in the garden so what does that mean that the Holy Spirit and God were doing they were fellowshipping. They were fellowshipping. They were in mutual movement because if you can't hear somebody walk, but what are you doing is you're hearing the fellowship. They heard that the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, however that you want to look at it, He heard them communing together. He heard them having fellowship together. So now we go back to the, the thought process of Genesis chapter 1 was that God created us in His likeness and in his image so what does that mean is that we are walking in fellowship with god we are walking in fellowship with the holy spirit and this was the very first thing that we that me and you and everybody else has ever breathed air is what we've been called to was to have fellowship with god so so now we we, we think about the process and we think about this is that god created man god created man he created me, he created you for fellowship. For fellowship was what he created us for. To have fellowship. So I come with something that I've been saying for a while, and I'll say it again, and I've just been waiting for it seems like months to be able to preach this message or to get into this series is that God created us for fellowship because you begin to think, I was like, where does it say in Scripture that God created us for fellowship? Well, what I just did was we just broke down what the meaning of fellowship was and that that was how God created us. That's what He called us for because if that, His likeness in His image, then what was the very next thing that they saw two chapters later was God was having fellowship in the garden. And God has called us to that. So, so I sit back and going back to what I was getting ready to say is that God created me and you. He created mankind. He created us as a species for fellowship. But here we are 6,000 years later. 
and we're still denying him the very thing that he created us for. We're denying him the very thing that he created us for. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. Even though for a little over four years ago, I gave my heart back to God and I've pursued him with everything with inside of me. But you know what? There's still times in my life that I've forsaken the fellowship. And I don't want to get too much into that. That would probably be the, uh, the closing of this series will be called Forsaken Fellowship. Forsaken Fellowship. And, and, and I don't want to get into that right now because I might get on a tangent because that's not in my notes here today. But, but when we just sit back and, and we just think about that, that that was what God created us for. And then you had Adam and Eve. And so what they did was they broke God's heart because He had to ban them from the very place that He created them from. I mean, we saw that in the beginning and now we're going to see that in the end that God has to ban us from a place that He's created for us and send us to a place that He never created us in. That so many people are going to go to hell and He never created hell for people. He created hell for the devil and his angels. But yet people are dying and they're going there every single day when that was never purposed for them. And we just don't understand that hell is for real. And that not only is it for real, but it's forever. What, what was that? Uh, what was that baseball movie? Were you killing me, Smalls? Sandlot. The Sandlot. And what was it? What was that thing he used to say? Forever, forever, forever. And it's forever and ever. And we don't understand forever because we've never experienced forever. All we've experienced is, man, it's been a long week. You know, it's been a long year. But the reality is, is it, what the book of James says, that life is like a what? It's like a vapor. Who's ever boiled water? I'm talking about before you burn it or scorch it or something. I'm just making jokes. But we've all boiled water. We've seen water boil, right? Man, I said it like I wasn't from the south. I didn't say boil. I said boil. But... And we've all seen water boil before. So what happens is, is you see steam, what, rising? So all it does is it's here one moment and then it's gone. Because the vapor you just seen was there and now it's gone. Now there's a new vapor. So our life is in that same transition is that we're here one moment and we're gone the next. And then our kids are here one moment and they're gone the next. And, and we never know where death is. That that's one thing that is for certain. You know, that's one thing I used to say before I got saved is that there's two things in life that's certain. Change is one of them. Death is the other. And death is certain. We're all going to die. We're all going to taste death unless the Lord comes first and He calls us to be home. But those that are dead in Christ shall rise first, shall meet Him. And then those that remain shall be called up to meet Him. But it isn't going to be our flesh that's going to meet Him. It's going to be our, our, our spirit, man. It's, going to, it's, it's what longs for Him. You know, I had a friend. I know I'm getting off the subject here a little bit. And he may listen to, the, to this message from time to time. But, you know, he, always, he texts me so much more than what I text him. And, and he's always bringing Scripture. He's always saying this. He's always saying that in, in reference to, to, to the Lord. 
And, and I said, brother, I said, if there was a picture in the Bible in Matthew chapter five, where you would fit right there in that right there in that verse. And it's those that thirst and hunger for righteousness shall what? They shall be filled. And y'all have heard me say, well, not everybody that sits at the table is hungry. Not everybody that sits at the table is going to be filled. But have we ever seen somebody that was just so hungry? They had no communication with you. They were just, just gorging the food, eating it. Eating it like they had never eaten before. And the thing is, and I said, brother, I said, you would be the epiphany of that, is that your picture would be right there next to that verse. I said, because you don't get full. You're continuously eating. You're continuously eating. And, 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 and that's the reality for us, ladies and gentlemen, is that when we thirst and hunger for God's righteousness, is that we're continuously eating from His Word. We're continuously uh, uh, drinking uh, from that fountain. You know, my mind even goes back to the Samaritan woman. He said, that, he said, if you would ask me for water, I would give you the water that you would never thirst again. And that just kind of blew her mind because her first thought was, you don't have anything to draw water with, so it's you that should be asking me for water and not me asking you for water. You see, but she, she just didn't realize that. But when, when we come down to the point of that, it was that this was the first time outside of the disciples that Jesus introduced himself to anybody else about being the Messiah, was to a Samaritan woman. You know, and the Samaritans didn't like the Jews, and the Jews didn't like the Samaritans, but yet he introduced himself uh, to them. Um, so getting, getting back to my scripture here. So now we, we read about Enoch walking in close fellowship with God for the duration of his life. And how long was his life? 300 and... 365 years. Will we not think that that's kind of ironic that there's how many days is in a year for us? 365? Uh, what, man, that just sounds like it's... I, I, I don't want to speculate on that aspect, but I'm saying was that he gave everything that he had. So when we think about... Now, now Enoch was the very first person that was mentioned about being in close fellowship with God. And it said and he walked with God and he was no more. He disappeared because God took him. You know, Enoch never tasted death. He just, I'm walking so close with God that we're walking in the same, the same realm, that we're walking in mutual movement, and that he walked on because nothing else around him. But where else in Scripture did we read there at the very beginning that anybody else had fellowship with God? That we saw Adam and Eve, they got kicked out of the garden. And then Cain and Abel, I mean, they got kicked, they weren't kicked out of the garden. They just weren't part of the garden. And so they didn't walk in that fellowship that God was looking for. So what happened was Enoch did. And, and he became no more. So, so I want to I read this because this was something that just so stood out to me yesterday. So we read about Enoch walking in close fellowship with God for the duration of his life. But if we read carefully, we can see that he is one of two Enochs. 
one of two Enochs. The first Enoch inherited a city that was named after himself. Now this was before the Enoch that we were just reading about. His destiny is unclear other than he possessed what man could give him. But on the other hand, the second Enoch, it was what God could give him. So the first Enoch was the first son of Cain. The first son of Cain. Does anybody remember the story of Cain and Abel? So the story of Cain and Abel happened this way. Is that, that Cain... He was he was a farmer, if we could say it that way, and he tended he tended the farm, he tended the crops, and then we had Abel, Abel tended the livestock. So so one day they both presented. I mean, can I could you just imagine this? That God is still walking around now. That we can't even begin to fathom that that God is physically still walking around. Or maybe their mindset is so much different than where we are right now is that God was still walking with them and that they both presented a sacrifice to God. And Cain came with the very best harvest of any of his vegetables, any of the thing that he could produce in the garden, the very best. And he presented it to God. And Abel did the same thing is that he came and he presented the best livestock that he could as a sacrifice. And God looked at both of them and he rejected Cain's sacrifice. But he gave his very best. Now, Pastor James, you just said this morning that God was, he's wanting us to give whatever we have in our hands. But what God is looking for is what's the right thing in your hands. What's the right thing in your hands? What's the right thing in your hands? So when we begin to look at that, it was that, that Abel offered the best livestock that he had and Cain was rejected. Does anybody know why Cain was rejected even though he brought his very best? I pondered on this for years and, 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 and until I heard somebody preach this several years ago or I heard that the guys, not, as, not, not even so much as revelation, but just the reality when you begin to think about this. When Adam and Eve heard God walking in the garden at the cooler today, or like we said, when God, when Adam and Eve heard God fellowship, it said that they did what? They hid themselves. And what did they do after they hid themselves? Is did they not put cover themselves with fig leaves? They covered themselves with fig leaves, and then and then what happened from there? was God said that that was unacceptable. That was unacceptable. So what did he do? He killed an animal and took the skin and placed it over him. So when you would think that Adam and Eve taught their children better than that of what God accepts and what he don't accept. And what he didn't accept was, was what was unacceptable. And what was unacceptable was the leaves that would cover him would cover them so what he wasn't accepting was the vegetation he wasn't accepting the best of that because god had already required more uh, than what was had been given here so 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 within him being rejected cain became bitter and god still spoke to cain and he said he said why do you look so dejected 
And then here we go is when we begin to see the word sin appear in the Bible. And he said, he said, now be careful. He said, because sin is crouching at the door. And, and I don't know what's going on with it, baby. You can just go to the other camera if that one's what's working. We ain't even going to worry about it. And so, so the reality is, is that Cain became very bitter. He became very bitter because he was God didn't receive what he had to offer, and his brother did receive him. So what happened here was was Cain's bitterness continued to grow. Why? Because he continued to dwell on it, and within his dwelling on it, he told his brother, "Hey, let's go out here to the field. Let's go look at this and that." And then when he gets out there, he takes a rock and he kills his brother. And then here again we come with question number two from God, and He says, "Hey, where is your brother?" Again, I mean, he's asking him a question and he's God like I don't know what's going on here. And so when God's asking a question, God's trying to bring to the surface a reality here. So, so, so Cain became rejected by God again. And, and it was his sin that separated him from God. It was his sin that separated the fellowship that God wanted. It separated the fellowship that God wanted from him. And then we go from generation to generation to generation. And then so, 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 so we talked about Cain. Cain became a vagabond. He became a wanderer. We, anybody know what a wanderer or a vagabond is? Is they're a loner. I mean, they're separated, and they can't seem to settle in one place. They go from one place to the next place to the next place, and they're looking for they're looking for fulfillment in something. But the reality is, is they're not going to get the fulfillment outside of the presence of God because he had been separated from the presence of God. So, so, so that was so that was Cain, and his first son, his first child was Enoch. And Enoch inherited a city, and it was something that man could give him. But when we go back to the reality of Enoch that so many people are familiar with, was that he received something not that man could give him, but what God could give him. And only God could give that to him because he was in fellowship with God. He was in walking close and mutual movement with God and what he was doing and what he was saying. And so and he becomes the one that... that, that not dies, but he's the one that at 365 years old, there's no more record of him. There's nothing else to be said about him because of the way that he walked with God. And so, and then other people behind him still begin to live to 900 and some years old. So, so, so the second Enoch was a descendant of Seth, and Seth was a replacement. Seth became a replacement of Abel. He became Adam and Eve's third child third child mm, hallelujah so I'm gonna skip some of my notes so the so the next time that as we move a little further down into one of the descendants of Enoch uh, we look at uh, Enoch and look at the statement of his life as well turn with me to Genesis chapter 6 verses 9 Genesis chapter 6 verse 9 and it said and this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on earth at the time. And he walked in close fellowship with God. Now, if nobody, now Jesus even gave a prophecy about Noah that would take place 
before Jesus came back again. He said, he said, and as it was, Jesus said this, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be before I return. So, so what did it say here? So what's one of the things that we're seeing here is that he was an only blameless person. There was so much corruptness. There was so much sin. There was so much sexual immorality that was taking place with the, uh, with, with the fallen angels that they were having sex with women and having kids and they were becoming great warriors. And, and so everything that these people thought about was wrong. It was corrupt. It was wickedness. And God says, you know what? I'm done with mankind. I regret it that I ever made man. So God wanted to reestablish it, but the only way He could reestablish is that there had to be somebody that was blameless. There had to be someone that, that wasn't without fault, but it was somebody that walked what? That they walked in fellowship with God. That their thought process was the same thing that God was. So, so God took something... Uh, he took the nothing that, that Noah had and it did what? It recreated mankind. It repopulated the earth. So here again we can see that this same lifestyle about Noah, but this time we did not see God take Noah away, but God's plan was to preserve mankind through Noah. Noah's actions of obedience was the building block of destroying sin, you, you, you've got to, you've got, man, y'all, you've got to, you've got to catch this one right here. You got to catch this. The, the Noah's actions of obedience was the building block of destroying sin. So the destroying of sin was to annihilate man's wickedness, wicked thoughts, and their deeds. This shows us in Scripture that we are to walk in obedience. When we walk in obedience, we utterly destroy sin's grip on our life. When we walk in obedience to what God has called us to, well, Pastor, I don't know what God has called me to. Well, then my next question is, is what am I going to ask you? Are you reading God's Word? Because how else is God going to speak to you unless you're reading what He's already said? How's He going to speak more to you when you ain't heard what He's already got? Man, somebody needs to, somebody needs to get that. Is why am I going to continue to tell you a story when you ain't listened to what I had to start with? And so many times we want to hear a rhema word from God, but we haven't heard the Logos word of God. Pastor, you just blew my mind on what you just said. Okay, so I'm just going to stop and, and break this down for you. Rhema means spoken. Logos means written. How are we going to expect to hear a spoken word when we haven't heard the written word yet? Yes. Hallelujah. So just as God plans was to save mankind and the animals to reestablish a newness of life for fellowship with God. Just as God used His relationship with Noah to bring newness to the world, God wants to do the very same thing for us today. Well, why not tomorrow? Tomorrow's tomorrow. Let tomorrow worry about itself. Do we know if we're going to be alive tomorrow? Didn't we just say that life was like a vapor? We're here one moment and we're gone the next. You know, I, I just saw an obituary pop up on Facebook two days ago. A girl that was a, a class level below me. Uh, of, so in other words, she was just a year younger than me. Just died this week. 44 years old, just died. I mean, if I think about my daughter, your sisters, 
she died when she was 20 years old. You think about Brother Brent, he lost his brother when he was younger. I knew this was several years ago, but he was still a young man. Mm -hmm. And we think about how many people that's dying, let's think about Christian. I mean, he was, I don't know how, was he 20, 24? You were about to be 23. 23, 24, somewhere in I mean, and, and now he was here and now he's gone. And so now he can no longer fulfill a purpose that God had called him to. And that how many times have we allowed Satan to rob us of the very thing that God's called us to? We don't know when we're leaving, but we know that we're here right now. And there's nothing that nobody can do to us that's going to be worse than us being rejected by God. That'll be the worst thing that you'll ever experience. If you think we've experienced heartaches and pain now, we haven't experienced nothing if God doesn't look at us and say, enter in, thy good and faithful servant. You see, it was in Matthew chapter 25, chapter 26. It was the wicked and lazy servant that was rejected. But he was still a what? He was still a servant. He was still somebody that was a servant. And what does the servant mean? One who serves. And he was wicked and lazy, but yet he was rejected. Only those that are faithful and those faithfulness just really means to multiply. To multiply, to be faithful in what God's given you. And 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 as we end here today, I want us to I want us to be very careful about our fellowship with God because that's what God has called us to. He's called us to fellowship with Him. And and there's nothing greater than that fellowship. So next week we'll move a little bit further on into uh, on into a little more depth of fellowship. But I want to leave that with you this week. I want to leave that with you to think about this week. About where is your fellowship with God? Where is your fellowship? And remember, fellowship just simply means mutual movement in a forward position. Moving forward. God didn't call us to sit still. He's calling us to more. He's calling us to deeper. And the only way we can do this is to have that mindset that He's called us to. And what was the very first thing that He called us to? His likeness and His image, which is how we were created. It's what He's called us to. Let me pray with you here today. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank You today, Lord. Lord, for Your Word. We thank You, Lord, for all that You've had to speak to us today. Lord, we thank You, Lord, that You've spoken to us, Lord, through Your Scripture. Lord, we thank You, Lord, that we are, we are grasping an understanding of the fellowship, Lord, that You've called us to, the very reason of why You've created, Lord, us here today. Lord, and for this time and for this season, Lord, in, in this realm, Lord, right now. So, Lord, we start off, Lord, and we ask You to forgive us, Lord. We repent, Lord, for not giving You the fellowship, Lord, that You desire. Lord, for forsaking, Lord, that mutual movement of moving forward, that mutual movement, Lord, of being in your likeness and in your image. Lord, we just, Lord, we repent, Lord, right now. Lord, and we ask you to forgive us, Father. Lord, we ask you, Lord, that as this week progresses, Lord, Lord, to keep this word fresh in our spirit. Lord, that we would go back and that we would listen to it again, that we would hear what you have to say to us, Lord. 
Help this word, Lord, to go forward and to the places in which that you desire for it to go, Lord. Just as you spoke in the book of Isaiah, Lord, that you would send your word to the places that exactly where you want it to go. Lord, and you said that it shall not return into you in void, but Lord, it's possible that it can return to us in void. So Lord, your word is going to accomplish the very thing, Lord, that you've sent it out to do. So Lord, today, Lord, you want to strengthen us, Lord, in our fellowship with you to strengthen us, Lord, to be in that likeness and the mindset, Lord, that you've called us to be in. Lord, bless us as we part ways, Lord, here today, Lord, to be with us, to keep us safe, Lord, to bring us back safely, Lord, if you desire. But Lord, help us to be rooted and grounded in your word and in your love, Lord, and to go forth and to make disciples of all men. We thank you, we praise you, and we glorify you because we ask it in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. Amen and amen.